Life Audio. Uh, hey, welcome to the Art of Pastoring podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, this is live episode number two here at uh, beautiful Sojourn, New Albany. Mm. Uh, I want to do a minute on Sojourn Aesthetics because this is kind of your department, baby. Mm. And I feel like we've got every, we've got like decades worth of church aesthetics represented mm. here at Sojourn, New Albany. And then we've got some like, Kind of older lady flower arrangements. We've it's got kind of a, as it's a kind of as Rob <laughs> Bell would have said. It's a mosaic. It's a it's life. a pastiche. <laughs> yeah, it's a mosaic. It's a dance. It is. You know, just enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and by the way, when I said it's a mosaic, that would have been like three pages of the book spelling that. <laughs> yeah. Out, exactly. Know? Yeah. One one letter. Maybe can line. I start with the fact that they're trying to carry over that Easter vibe a couple of extra days. Dude, I like they, the Easter they don't vibe. Want it to end. I know it's only Monday. <laughs> I actually, I know Easter was like 10 minutes ago, but they're really trying to carry that over, you know? And Ted is off mic. This is suspenseful. Let me play something. Let me do a little. No, I don't don't want you to play. Do a little synthesizer for you, Big T. I know you used to be in music, but um, I want you to talk me through what this is and how this gets used in worship. Because it looks like like a child's. Like Christmas present, circa 1993. You get the little Yama, the little Casio keyboard. You're like plinking out Mi- some mixed with like a recorder. Isn't that like a mouthpiece on the? Yeah, end? it is, man. Dude, it's no a, way. Talk me through this. I want to know dude, everything. I, about I don't it. like seriously. I don't even know what it. I like. I don't know. I don't know yeah. what it is. I'm not trying to be cool. But of the three of us, you. Can I mean, I know what it, it is. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Do you understand what I mean when I say that? Like, I know what it is. Here's the But thing. I can't explain it. To Let's you. get down to brass tacks. Uh, we have a Q and A up coming up. Okay, so we're gonna have an opportunity. Uh, for you people to stream down front, grab a microphone, ask a question. But I want to I kind of turn the tables on this thing a little mm. bit. If we have any like music people in the audience who know what this thing is, and we're looking at a very cheaply made keyboard with a mouthpiece of some kind on the end. And I'm I got to sure, tell I'm you. I'm sure it's been sanitized. It's yeah. I, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I'm looking at here. I mean, when you put your mouth on that thing, T, I think what Pipe <laughs> wants you to know is that it's been sanitized. Dude, what are the odds of me putting my mouth on that thing by the end of the night? I mean, I think the odds think are real good. good. I think the odds are extremely good. I think... Let's get a show of hands that wants to see <laughs> Big T's big mouth. Let's get a little clap up if you want to see Big T's big mouth on that thing. That sounds bad. That sounds so bad. <laughs> We're going to have to cut that out, Pipe. We can cut that out. We'll cut it out for my employer. It's, but, uh, <laughs> it's absolutely staying in because you're tenured now. So Oh, that's right. Oh, oh. Baby, Just tell everybody how you're tenured now. Walking a little taller. You oh, know? Walking a lot taller. It's almost as though... What and do you do with all the money? That's all. I, that's now. the thing. What do you do? Yeah, I mean, where, yeah. I mean what do you, where do we spend it? I mean, you know? the sec- where's the second house now? Where's it's almost it? as though nothing about my life has changed at all. You know, with but, tenure, with, yeah. But I'm, I'm. What yeah. did you wake up and do the next morning after tenure? I bought a lake house. Did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's what I <laughs> yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And you don't even have to ask me that because we've known each other for so long. I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just curious because <laughs> next year I'm going to have a book that comes out called Violent Grace, and <laughs> yeah, I'm going to experience huge. the same thing you're yeah. experiencing. right now. We can now. go halvesies on a jet. Yeah, but I'm going to have a book come out called <laughs> The Happy Rant. So. <laughs> mm. In August of this year, y'all go pre-order. Yeah, Dude, the, uh, yeah written huge. by Barnabas Piper. Yep, just me. Piper, hope that that's works a, out for you, Pipe. I heard that, it's great. 
That's a, I heard know. it's a fantastic piece. It's a solo one. gig. Noel, yeah. Noel loved it. Yeah, Noel loved the book. Noel's going to love the book. Yeah. Dude, let's clap yeah. it up for Noel for just buying the book. A little impulse buy. A little right pre-order. Here, right here on the program. That was a live purchase. That was. It was a live purchase. Yeah, it was a live purchase. He made radio history. What I think we should do is everybody that raised their hand wants you to get your mouth on that Yamaha, whatever it is. Yeah, that sounds Why so don't bad. we say that the price of admission is mm-hmm. a, uh, a pre-order Yeah. on Amazon.com? Wait, so if they pre-order... Maybe they haven't heard of Amazon.com. Why don't you... It's a little mom and pop. It's a little try-hard online bookseller. They do a nice job. Little mom and pop bookstore. Um, They may be the devil, actually. Like, maybe (laughs) Satan taking over the world. I don't know. You know? I mean, why are we so anti-guys like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk? Yeah, they're they're so sweet. I'm not. Um, (laughs) Actually, I'm not. I I don't know. Are we? Are you? I think we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be. I just resent them due to how rich they are. That's but, what I'm saying. But like, personally, I have nothing against them. Like it's every, just once while, like every once in a while, like every once in a while, Big M will be like, "Oh, but Jeff Bezos is the worst," and I'm like, "Yeah, you know, like I don't really yeah, know yeah, why." Yeah. Right? But, but, yeah. but also, yeah, I know it's, yeah, I know it's two crazy. Day shipping. I'm clicking like Prime. Yeah. you know, next day, right? Yeah. yeah. Two two day shipping is the reason that I like Jeff Bezos. Like, I don't. Every, Do you think everything Bezos else doesn't matter. Be Barnabas, you corporate sellout. We've covered this already. Yeah. Yeah, shark stuff. Um, Piper, speaking of shark stuff and business and commerce, tell them how they can pre-order the book. This yes. was a thing that we were going to hit. So. It is indeed. So our your book, apparently. <laughs> yeah, my. Yeah, how can you they can pre-order, pre-order book? You can pre-order mm-hmm. my book that I didn't co-author with these two gentlemen, uh, <laughs> The Happy Rant. It's unbelievable. Coming out in August. What we deal with, and I will get all the royalties for it. You actually are kind of the dad of the podcast, and that like you disperse all the money. You could be really. It's like, like I give you guys your allowance. Oh, he's been skimming off the top. Dude, for he could be years. like cleaning our clocks financially. He's been skimming for years. Do you think, dude? A little guys, like, I didn't want to say anything, but I think this is a great op to do it. Dude, know? the rise and fall of the happy rant is going to be about embezzling. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's going to be how we turned into two op- two man operation as he's buying his lake house for funds that we can't. All know. the all the yeah the. Lavish. I mean, I did just buy a house. Just uh, not a lake dude. house. Oh, okay. it's all it's more of a cul de Where do you think that down payment house. came from? Exactly, exactly. Didn't come from the wait for it residuals. Oh, <laughs> you know? residuals. It's a little different, dude. Piper, tell them about how they can pre-order my book. Yes, yeah. um, you can pre-order the Happy Rant anywhere that you buy books. You go to Amazon. You go to Barnes and Noble. You go to Lifeway. You go to ChristianBook.com. The important thing to remember is once you have pre-ordered, there there is a perk in it for you. If you then Get your confirmation email. You go to thehappyrant.com slash book. There is a great page that our dear friend Josh Byers has put together. There's a form you fill out there. You drop in your confirmation number, your contact info, and you will get a custom Happy Rant poster mailed to you from our good friends at Harvest House for being kind enough to pre-order. So, Noel, active pre-orderer of my book, you now go to thehappyrant.com slash book. Drop in your information, and a poster will be mailed to you, and you can see it, what it looks like on our little pop-up banner out here or at that site. It's uh, Josh did an awesome job with it. It's basically a bunch of our Happy Rant catchphrases, running bits over the years, uh, things that we've said that uh, we're very proud of, a few that we're not very proud of at all, and uh, you get to put that wherever you put posters or give it to somebody who would enjoy it very much. Dude, I love the slash book. Like, way to hype it, man. (laughs) Slash... Look, book. everything <laughs> lands better if you can put a slash in it. it I know, just flows but just slash book. Yep. <laughs> it's true. Book. Like, do we know what book it is? Do does we know what book little, we're getting? Well, yeah. The, does it feel a little... I my, feel objectified. It could have said slash my book, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. we just shortened so, it. Well, I mean, obviously, it's slash 
Barnabas's book. Yeah, yeah, if you go slash Piper's book, it'll get you to the same right. place. Or it'll get you um, to some other Piper books. Absolutely. Buy those, too. You don't get a poster for them, but, you know, residuals. Dude, speaking of posters, I want to talk about this beauty. Let's clap it up for the boy, Josh Byers. Just a, just a wizard. Design wizard. I said to him Pinball a couple of weeks ago um, when we were collaborating on this thing, I said, Josh, I just want you to match the colors to my bang energy drink called Rainbow Unicorn which smells like fresh tennis shoes, um, which is why I love it, and I keep going back to it. And I'll be darned, he did it. He matched the, uh, the colors on the can uh, with the colors in the poster. Spectacular work by Josh Byers. Uh, but, boys, I want to I get a little serious for a minute. Um, I want to do some listener-submitted life advice questions. So from uh, time to time... We are the men for the job. We really are. From time to time, our listeners will write in looking for advice on various things. Um, we've got writing... We've got marriage, and we've got advice for D-men students. Oh, sweet. Um, oh, I've so got so much sweet, to say I'm the about guy that. For now. Do we know any D-men students, Piper? Um, <laughs> I wish I didn't. Yeah. Um, so I want to start with writing advice. And, um, oh, Judas. Yeah, baby, you <laughs> don't owe Judas me, baby. Who of the three of us was leading a writing cohort this afternoon? That's so glamorous. That was me. Baby, Maybe that's that was so me. glamorous, a writing cohort. Maybe it, was glam. it was glam. That sounds yeah, like a dream. Big. It yeah. was big. So, I mean, I, literally, there are writers. Now. There are more writers in the world now. There are so many cohort. writers. I've never felt less special about being a writer. Well, you shouldn't have to be a cohort because I just created like a whole new batch of them. That must be hard for you. It was rough, yeah. Is it I, hard to like... I like to be a little more exclusive. I know you That was do. an inclusive cohort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, don't, we don't like that. Yeah. Um, how, what did you tell them? What kind of writing advice did you give these aspiring writers on your, your cohort? Um, How many people were in the Zoom? Uh, dude, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. It was, it was, it was I a, bet the energy was spectacular. It was a vast army. Yeah. Yeah. Are you you know, on a Zoom, Zoom call, you, you, you got to work through the layers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of excitement. you got to work through the yeah. pages of people. Are you, uh, are you a Zoom background guy, or you just go, did you... Did so you, I did it here, man. I did it at Sojourn. Did you Zoom Wally. in from the green room? I Zoomed in from, like, one of the extra special... Associate pastor offices. Wow, dude. It was big. Yeah, it was that big. is huge. Yeah. Describe that office. What's in it? Like a Sojourn 35-year-old associate pastor, what the, what, what's the office look like? Dude, I don't know. I, I was sitting in front of a... What are the book flexes? It. I was sitting in front of a bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. But I felt like it had... You what know, does this kind of guy flex on? It had this big round... You know, those, you know those things like if you like knit or whatever and they're those round things and you like you hold it... And like a like, loom? A loom. I felt like there was this big loom behind me of like knitting, dude. Of, of knitting things. Okay. Man, that was the worst way to describe what was behind yeah, me. Yeah, That's yeah. all I got. What were they working I on? I bet he holds the title Pastor of Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I don't know. So I was just in front of that. Nobody asked me where I was. Okay. They just assumed that was my office. Oh, I'm just, this is all coming to me right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. They're like so making they're like, wow, Ronnie, that, like, he's really arty. He's really sensitive. He plays the, wait we, for it, melodica. That's what this is? And does a little looming on the side. Who, uh, who, who said that it was a melodica? The pastor of this church just told me it's a melodica, and he's super mad that we're making fun of it right now. Why? What did, what, I don't know. Where is he? Is he in the room? He tends to be a little sensitive. It's probably yeah, like tell. his kid that plays it in church probably. or something. Or him. <laughs> wait, I'll smooth it over up, wait He plays it in between like sermons. Way to pick on someone else's kids, Ted. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm a terrible guy. He plays a sweet little tune in between points two maybe, and three maybe in the sermon every Sunday. I'm the angry Calvinist. Maybe I haven't been able to see it because it's me. I know. You're coming yeah. off real angry. I'm Calvin. coming off so angry. Well, so what did an angry Arminian sound like? That's what I want to know. 
Uh, big sweetheart, apparently, because they're not a Calvinist, <laughs> you know. Aren't all non-Calvinists big sweethearts? They are big. Isn't yeah, that what are. I can infer from? Well, when we went to the Wild Goose today? Festival that year, we found out that they Wild were Wild Goose, dude. Is that still happening? I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. So, writing advice. Tell me what you said <laughs> to these people. I wanna. I wanna do a couple minutes on this because, like, listeners earnestly reached out. They want to get advice from from oh, us dude. on this thing. Uh, so, my piece was on writing from the heart. Okay. So I had to talk about what that looks like. And what does it look like? Well, uh, I don't know, man. I don't have my notes. I, Are you better at talking about writing from the heart than actually writing from the heart? Um, Apparently not. I'm yeah, not really. Because yeah. you I'm really suck at, at talking either. about it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I just don't think it's going to be compelling radio to talk about what writing from the heart is all about. No, okay. it's a compelling cohort, though. It's about not being so brainy. Right? It's, that, it's, that you're good at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> it's about not being so brainy. It's about yeah. being a little more compelling. It's about being more, a little more emotional. It's mm-hmm. about having a greater sense of self-expression. So you spend 90 minutes talking about being an Enneagram 4. 100%. Oh. Boy, I wish I could have been on that cohort. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can, Pipe. Oh, are I you? am. But I write about being brainy. Now, are you, are you <laughs> I speak him, about being brainy. Are you feeding him some big publishing dreams? I mean, I mean, like how to do a book proposal, stuff like no, that. No, no, that would be the brainy side of it, like how to do a book proposal. Got it, got it. You're into the touchy feel. I'm just saying, like, you guys, yeah. just, just, just throw up on the paper and see what, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, see what grows. I would hate that cohort. <laughs> I, w- I really, I would resent every minute of it. I don't think you would. Piper, let's give some writing advice. What, okay. what do you got? There's <laughs> one here Ronald. from the brain guy, well, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. Everybody's I mean, here that, for the brain guy. That's always a better book, right? That's always a better commentary. Can you give me like a scenario? Because writing advice is, I mean, some people need to hear don't. Yeah. I mean, there's good writing advice for some people. Okay, some people need to hear uh, don't quit. And those are very opposite things. Let's actually do a minute on that. You can't tell anybody don't anymore, right? Yeah, but they still need to hear it. Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes I think they do need to hear it. You can't tell anybody that even though you're tenured because your job depends on telling them they can write. Dude, I actually have two students in the house tonight who really can write. Uh, they're two of my young journalism students at Union University. Union, just one little flex here. Best magazine of the South, again. Uh, we beat a little school called the University of Alabama. Roll Tide. We beat UT. Old Miss. Let's clap it up for UU Journalism. The talent pipeline is full. The Lord has been kind. But what would you say? So, if, like, one of my students, Pipe, reached out to you and was like... I've been doing these journalism classes with Cluck. I really enjoy them. Um, I'd like to do a book. Uh, what, what advice would you give someone like that? Um, I would ask them if they have any, any idea that they can't shake. Uh-huh. So that just some core idea that like it, it hooks them. Yeah. And then can as start compiling thoughts. Yeah. Like not an outline, just piles of notes. Mm-hmm. And if the pile is big enough, you might have a book. I mean, it's, yeah. there, there, is, there, there just has to be a certain amount of quantity there. Yeah. Um, now, it, that, that's, that would be my mind. Just like, what is the, what is the idea that yeah. you cannot shake? Because if you try to be like, I want to write a book, so I'm going to come up with an idea, mm-hmm. you can probably do it. But it'll be like most modern leadership books that should have been like a TED Talk and just stayed there. Sure. You know, like you've got your one chapter and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that would be my initial advice. And then I would be interested to see the idea and tell them whether or not they should write that book. Yeah. But that's a, that's a separate question. No, that's good, man. I think, I think my advice would be think of it in terms of scenes. So just start stacking scenes. So like we do creative nonfiction in my program. 
And I want to get them engaging the five senses when they think about writing a scene, right? So what did it look like? What did it sound like? Baby, that sounds so similar to what I was saying. Was it really? It's actually (laughs) really fun. Yeah. It's a fun way to do it. And I get them going kind of ekphrastically. It did sound really similar to vomit on the page. Just (laughs) so strikingly similar. No, dude, all that meant was like, all that meant was like, sometimes creative people have a hard time like getting it going. Yeah. And it was just like, just do, just start throwing stuff out there. Dude, so sometimes I'll prompt them by... I'll have them pick like an era of their life, right? So maybe it's high school or maybe it's a breakup or maybe it's going to college or whatever. And I'll have them write their way through the era in three songs. So I have them pick three songs that sort of define the era for them. They could have been songs that were on the radio or just songs that have overlap thematically and they'll kind of write their way through the era in song. And I think sometimes that gets them going. Um, Sometimes we'll do a scenic thing where they think about a room and they just bullet point every... Uh, everything in that room that engages the five senses. Uh, and then I'll have them write a scene. Let me ask you a question about it. Yeah, go. So, I mean, I know there's like a method, right? Yeah. There always has to be a method to things. But like, isn't it just like everything else? Like a writer is just going to write mm-hmm. regardless of like if he has the tips and tricks, right? It's like somebody that like has that in them. Yeah. It's, it's just going to come out. Right? I would make the argument though that I started having it in me more the more I read great writing. You know what I mean? So part of our program, one of the building blocks is like, be able to talk about what you like, right? Identify what you like, identify what you like reading, uh, be able to talk about why you like it. I think that's a building block. And then the more you do that and the more you get reps with like great things, the more it does come out of you. You know what I'm saying? So like you don't see a blank page anymore. You kind of see an opportunity to write a scene or an opportunity to like structure a story thematically or whatever. Um, so there does become more of a method to it. Um, and now like, let, let me ask you guys this. We've all done several books. Um, and we're all older, right? Like when we were easy, yeah, easy. I know. Yeah. Maybe that hurt. It's right? tough to talk about baby, tough. but I, I need you to talk about it with me. Cause I'm going to harken back to something that we experienced. Like when we were 33 and we were doing Bridezilla. I not remember that long ago. And, the, and the, the buzz was just so big and so loud. And everywhere we went, like Toledo, um, <laughs> that trip, uh, we were dreaming the big dreams and making moves. And we were doing things that were like becoming of a 33-year-old. You know what I mean? But now they seem a little uh, just like stupid, for lack of a better term. Um, so do you have a tougher time getting going now is what I'm saying. Uh, I guess what I'm asking. Yeah, like how do you like how do you like capture the inspiration? Yeah, yeah. How do you capture the inspiration? I don't know. I mean, it's a great question. I mm-hmm. think if you, like, if you love an idea you have, yeah. I think it's easier to to capture it. It's it's no, almost right. like when you have to work on something that you're not that stoked about. Yeah. And sometimes you do. Yeah. You know, like in all of our lines of work, right? Yeah. That that it's it's just becomes sloggier as you get older to do that. Yeah. Right? I think. Yeah. yeah, I think inspiration might be the most overrated part of writing. Yeah, talk about that pipe. That's good. All right, Wait. just, you know, pipe, be on point. Disagree with everything I just said. Well, no, you, I think I'm agreeing with you. I love the you. conflict, boys. Let's lean into I it. I think I'm agreeing with you. You said it gets <laughs> sloggier as you get older. Like, that, that means that you're writing without feeling inspired often, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're, not, you're not sitting down going, oh, man, like, yeah, this is great. I love this. I'm just going to pour out words. You're, you're, you're kind of grinding. It's the nature of writing vocationally, right? Yeah, I, I, think, I think inspiration is... I think inspiration is what people who are afraid to ever publish wait for. Mm. And well, I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, you, you're just waiting around. Like you got to write into your inspiration. In it's just like anything. I mean, it's just like anything else that is worth doing. That is a discipline. 
you do it whether or not you feel like it, and some days are better than others. The difference is, like, with writing, you can throw away all the bad stuff. Like, if you have a bad day writing, you're like, well, I just wrote, you know, two or four or 8,000 words, and none of them will ever be published. Delete. But I wrote. And, and then the next day, you're going to get something better because you kind of worked through all that crap. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think inspiration is, I, it's, not a, it's not a thing that you can hold on to. I find it utterly frustrating to worry about inspiration instead of worrying about, is this worth doing? Do yeah. I believe in this? Well, yeah, no, what I was saying was, though, it's like those moments when you're writing and you're not even thinking about it. And it's just, it's kind of pouring off and, you know, it's, it's pouring onto the page. It's good. You come back to it a day later. It still holds up. Or, or the stuff you can look back on and you can look at it and you go, I like what I said there because it came out of some form of like, mm-hmm. I was just feeling good in that moment. I was feeling inspired, whatever word you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you always know those sections of writing that, that kind of come up. Because I can yeah. look back at the stuff where I go, oh, man, that's just kind of clinical. I had to slog through that. I could never come up with anything better. But mm-hmm. I look at it and I wish it had a little more pop to but it. Isn't, yeah. But I mean, but it doesn't. Isn't that, isn't that all writing? Like, your favorite author, my favorite author, whoever that person might be, has whole pages of their books that you don't remember and sentences that you do. Yeah. Yeah. So they have these portions that they wrote with absolute fire, whatever, sure. inspiration, yeah. whatever. And then there's whole portions that just connect the parts that are absolute fire. That's just writing. If you're like, if you must have absolute fire to keep writing, you will write, you're just going to write the occasional tweet. Like that's, that's the amount of content you can put out. Tough to hear that occasional tweet deal, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I would never podcast here. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on The Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. Real quick, let's just go rapid fire. Favorite writer to read. Oh, uh, favorite writer to read to get inspired to write. Let's do that. John Steinbeck. David Foster Wallace. Oh, dude. Come on, baby. Baby, you got to work with me. I don't know, okay. man. I don't really have authors. I'm not into authors. Ted Orland. Songwriters. Ted Orland? Yeah. Ted Orland. Okay, there we go. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to marriage advice. 
Um, the Apostle Paul. <laughs> the Apostle <laughs> Paul. Dude, that's, that's the way you need to go with it, right? Um, that's the way you need to go with it. You look a little more spiritual. Moses. You look like the demon guy that, you, that you're about to be. Asaph, the yeah. psalmist. He's really my guy, actually. Dude, I want to know. I let's didn't say ASAP. I said ASAP. Did you get you catch what I'm doing there? Let's yeah. let's do let's skip to D men advice. I want to get back to marriage, but I want to do D men <laughs> stuff. And I want to keep it brief. Uh, yeah, unlike uh, a D men. I want to know like how you because I know you're a standout guy. You're a guy that likes to stand out, and I know you're not like you're not fighting the fight intellectually. You're going a little anti on that. So like, how do you how do you kind of flex in that D men class oh, with dude. like. You, you're in a room full of guys in khakis and sport coats. They all want to flex a little bit. Um, how does Ron Martin, demon student, flex in a classroom? I mean, dude, I just, I, I'm the guy, si- yeah, I don't know. So if I'm your professor, yeah. tenured, bit of a deal. Uh, if I'm up there trying to teach you, what does that look like? What this is expect? what it looks like. This yeah. is what yeah, it looks no, like. Go. go. Everybody's like, so everybody's, I just did this, man. I was just in Kansas City doing a thing. Yeah. Everybody's around the table, and they are psyched, baby. They're psyched. They're psyched to be there. What does that look like? I mean, it, it looks like, hey, tell us about like your dissertation. Mm. And literally, he can't even get that sentence out of his lips, and they're, like, they're just going. It's man. a long they're, sentence. A lot too. of inspiration, yeah, pipe. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what I'm trying to describe uh-huh. here. And then he gets to me, and I'm like, dude, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know? Like, I don't, oh. I don't know what exactly I'm doing. exactly what I pictured. When like, you said, know. how do you stand out, I pictured Ronnie going, I don't know. I just have questions. So I'm the confused dude in the denim jacket dude, you're in the like corner. The, you're like, like going, the, I just don't really know what we're trying to do here. You're like, like the I'm, emergent church circa 2006. I, kind of I have more questions than answers. I do. I have more questions than answers. I got my little pompadour. Right. I got my little, my little denim jacket. I have more questions I, I have than questions. answers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Tim Keller I'm said that sweetheart. too. Tim yeah. Keller said that too. You uh, know, um, and, I know. And, and, I, I just don't like, I don't, I'm like in the, I'm in the dark. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Al Pacino, you do a better Pacino a than me. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean. Hoo-ah. Yeah. So no, everybody it. else is so <laughs> self-assured. Okay, this is what it is. I'm going to be honest with you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Everybody around the table is so confident. And I know they're not. Right, okay. But they're throwing off that those vibes. That was my vibes. next question. Yeah, yeah, they're throwing off those vibes. I don't want to be the confident guy. I want Because I don't, because I don't like that. I want to be the guy that's sitting there and speaks exactly to how they're actually feeling, which is like, I have no idea why I'm getting this degree, and I wish I was anywhere yeah, than here that. right now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm paying for the privilege. Yeah. Well, okay, so Yay. it's... Yeah, yeah. Degrees. It's, Man, you know what I hear? I hear inspiration. I mean, it's, wow. such a, it's such a buyer's market in the sense that, like, if you can write a check and fog a mirror, they'll accept you into the program, you know what I mean? So it's like... It's not like they're vetting anybody. This is know? the line I get. Yeah. Okay, this is the line I get. You want to hear it? Like, no, we this. don't want your tuition money. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. They'll, t- they'll take your money. Oh, they sure <laughs> they will. They take your yeah, money. Yeah, Here's the line I get. So well, I'm, what I'll do is... a mirror is optional. Listen, you're going to yeah, love exactly. this, baby. You're going to love this. So this Go. is the line I hear over and over again. Yeah. So I'm standing out in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting ready to go. I mean, ask Jared C. I'm getting ready to do like, dude, this is so hard. You know, like yeah, yeah. this is brutal. Yeah. Like, man, we're paying for this brutality. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get someone to come to my side. Mm-hmm. This is the line I get. Mm-hmm. I get quiet. Okay. And I get a guy that goes like this and goes, I mean, you know, what's weird is I'm kind of a nerd and I really like actually love this, man. Uh-huh. That's what I get like over and over and over again, right? Is mm-hmm. the nerd dude that's like, man, I do. I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about getting another degree after this. Yeah. Like I'm dude, thinking about sitting. Th- I'm gonna think yeah. about sitting through the class twice. Yeah. yeah. There's gonna be no one in here, but I just want to be in the environment. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's the thing I get. Like so, literally, there was like 15 dudes in this class, and every one of them at one point said, 
yeah, I hear you, man. It's kind of rough, but you know, I'm kind of a nerd. I dig this a mm. lot. So it's like that vibe. So you haven't found you haven't found like your your guy to like buddy up to at school. Well, I mean, dude, it, Ronnie I, has no friends at school. How does the guys? outlier that makes find me the outlier? How does the outlier find the outlier? Right? Are you eating lunch by yourself at, at Midwestern? Only every day. Like you shuffle through that cafeteria line with the, the little tray with the square sections. I'll do. They won't. I'm not even I'm allowed to be in the cafeteria. I got to bring the bag lunch, man. I mean, it's all just waiting for like somebody to spitballs. Or somebody's going to dump like the Spurgeon roast on his head and yell O'Doyle rules or something. <laughs> you know? That's bad, man. I love it. I think it's bad times. Piper, I think we need to go to school with Ronald. Oh, that's we, like we hell. need to. Oh, yeah, that, would just, to, that would just go it. smashingly well. We need to well, shadow Ronald I, at school. I can tell you this. Yeah. If I was there, Ronnie would have somebody to commiserate with about, why the heck am I doing this? Because yeah. that's the reason I don't go to school is because I asked that well, question. That's the problem. And I, I don't see any Like, when reason. they ask, why are you doing this? Because it's like, nobody's forcing me to do this. Like, I don't have an answer. Why are an answer. you doing it? I don't I know. I want to push you on that right now. I don't know. Yeah. Jared Wilson made me do it, man. Yeah. Dude, is this... Is this he, just Jared a- C. Wilson roped me into this. And you know what he tried to do two weeks ago, boys? He tried to rope me into doing this weird transition thing into a PhD. Wow. Yeah. That's big. It's big. To the tune of how many tens of thousands of more Tens dollars. of millions yeah. of dollars. It's obviously yeah, yeah. not he, a big deal. Does he get commission off of your tuition? He must. Dude, Jared, bit of a salesman. Yeah. He must, man. Bit of a salesman. he got me in this thing. Yeah. He roped me in, man. Dude, so now, like, semi-serious question. I know that, like... Being friends with Maybe Jared. I'm working through stuff right now. You I know you are, dude, and I want you to keep digging. I kind of feel like your therapist right I, I now. I don't. Can we you move can, on? You can swipe your insurance card on the way out. But, um, like, how much of this D-Min deal was just a ploy to kind of get close to Jared and stay close to him? Because exactly. I know that friendship is really important to you. You know that friendship is deep. I know it is, dude. Um, you know, when you do a podcast with somebody, it's yes. like a marriage. Did, did a podcast. Yeah. It's a marriage. When you do an you unsuccessful know. podcast with someone, it is like a marriage. It's a marriage. It's kind of like writing a book. And for better or for worse. It's dude. like writing an unsuccessful book with someone. I wouldn't know what that feels like. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to explain it to you right now, right? Uh, yeah. In terms yeah, it's of like a marriage. Understand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, you do things for your friends. So when Jared C. says, hey, you're going to get a demon, Ronnie Martin, I say, hey, I want to I want to ask about that. And uh, I, Piper, I want you to paint a picture for me of what you think it looks like because you know how school friendships go where like you kind of join a team just to be close to somebody who you want to be friends with. Okay. And this is clearly what Ronald has done here. Like the more he talks, the more like crystal clear it becomes to me that he's only getting this demon to be accepted by Jared. But then why don't we ask but, the question but, why Jared C wanted me to get the demon? Well, I'm I'm getting there, okay? okay. So like um, do you think Ronald was disappointed by how Jared's demeanor toward him changed when <laughs> he finally got in the program, you know, and Ronald's expecting something and he's not getting it? You know oh, no, I, I, I suspect that, uh, that Jared C is a master of doling out friendship and just the right doses so that Ronnie just like... Keep those checks he's, coming. He's following yeah. the breadcrumb trail. Keep, the, keep that yeah. tuition check rolling yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, the fact that he just like, he, he upped the ante to transition to PhD, like clearly Ronnie has been, has been roped in. There, there's, there's been enough given out here that... Guys, I need help. Yeah, yeah. you do need help. Jared's going to have you like getting tattoos and doing all kinds of things you don't want to do. Rolling cigarettes up in your shirt sleeve, you know. If Jared wearing Ramones t shirts. Yeah. It was weird because like the second check I had to send to Midwestern, they said, just make it out to Jared Wilson, you know. <laughs> Dude, where are you at on Jared's Ramones t shirt face? I feel like this is a bit of a thing he's going through. Dude, Jared sees a huge Ramones fan. I know it doesn't seem That's like That's fascinating. It. I know it is fascinating, right? I, I mean, mean, not really. I'm not, yeah, no. I'm not really interested in not other remotely people, interested but, uh, at all. I mean, 
it's fascinating for a second, you know. You wouldn't <laughs> think Jared C. would be into the Ramones, but just he's a huge clear, fan. I going, respect huh, him a lot. about something isn't the same as being fascinated. Like, huh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all exactly. right, moving on. Dude, like when I use the term interesting, it really means I'm actually yeah. 0% interested in that. <laughs> yeah, that's but always a clue on the podcast that yeah. you could not care less. When Ted goes, oh, interesting. Okay, transition. Dude, and then you guys, hear, Jared C. as a Ramones fan is super interesting. Why is that interesting, dude? Because it's just super fascinating. Because he doesn't look like a Ramones guy. I feel like... What does a Ramones guy look like? I mean, not like Jared, you know? I feel like him wanting to be thought of as interesting is the interesting thing about it. You I know mean, what I mean? Yeah, I just... It works for Ronnie. He keeps trying to be oh, interesting. There are, there are pl- yeah, there are plenty of people who like the Ramones. Guys, don't think so, for a minute I'm not going to threaten to quit this thing again. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I want you to choose we're, between it, us and we're, Jared. That's we're what due. this is leading to. <laughs> we're due. We're due for I'm a I'm giving you an ultimatum. This is a relationship ultimatum. We are doing the marriage advice. I was, I was about to say, this yeah. sounds a lot like bad marriage advice. Guys, yeah, I'm yeah. just waiting to get that first book deal with Jared C. Oh, I know you've been and There's a guy that here that can make that dream come true. I know. Dude, seriously, how long is it going to take for you and Jared to get a couple minutes with Kyle? Jared and I are trying. We're trying to keep it cool. We're trying yeah. to go slow. You want Kyle to approach you. Try, right. Because you're, you're a veteran. You've been in this for we a while. We don't want to come off too desperado. Exactly. You know? um, have you thought about what you'll call your book with Jared? Violent. Violent Grace. Grace. Have you yeah, talked but it, about... But that doesn't have gospel in the title, so he true. can't write it. Violent gospel. Violent gospel. Violent gospel <laughs> Grace. Have you talked about or have you thought about in your heart of hearts <laughs> how doing a book with Jared, like it's a, it's a high ceiling, low floor deal because it could wreck the friendship. It could, man. You know? And I love how you said heart of hearts, man. That, mm-hmm. That's like every Francine River dream that I've like ever yeah. had in my life. <laughs> I think of you as the male the Francine follow up Rivers. to redeeming yeah, love, yeah, exactly. heart of hearts, you know. <laughs> maybe, um, maybe that could be. Are you fun. saying like if we did a book together, it would crush us? No, I'm saying it could. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Baby, did it crush us? Can we get... <laughs> I mean... Can we get... Re- can we just... Can lo, we bring it down a couple of notches Lo, these here? many years later, we're still doing a very... Can you lay down on my couch I, here and I, talk I, about... I like how you guys are like role-playing marriage advice right now. <laughs> we this are, is, dude. This is really fun for who's, everybody. Who's the woman? <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I I'm the woman? with that. I just said yes. I'm yeah, just, yeah, yeah. You know, yes. sort it out. We both are. Um, marriage advice, book advice, it's practically the it's same It's practically ordeal. the same at the end of the day. Let's actually do some marriage advice, though, because, again, like a listener submitted this question. Uh, he's newly married. We have been married for a, a while, varying periods of time up here on the panel. Uh, Pipe, what do you got? What, what kind of advice would you give a newlywed? Just uh, that. We're not, it's like not a question. It's just blank. It's just general. Just give me advice. Baby, Which, I feel like I'm trying to do this thing. You're critiquing it. As I'm I not critiquing you. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like dude, how do we, where do we go with that? I mean, you know, young guy. I don't know. Pick, probably pick a category. Um, so uh, I'll, go, I'll go conflict resolution. Go. Uh, always apologize first. I like that. I'll just go with that one. Dude, that's actually solid. And when... So from time to time... I like how you use the word actually. Yeah, yeah. That's surprisingly <laughs> wow. good advice from you, Piper. <laughs> you really surprised no, it's, me. It's really I'm good. Stunned. Um, it's really good. And like, like whenever I counsel is too strong a word, but when I, when I get to talk to people at my college about relationships... And they ask me, like, what I should look for. No, take the word counsel because you can build that into your whole kind of influencer ethos. Like you, you, yeah, you I, I too, can be a gross influencer trying to get book deals at yes. the drop of a hat. Perfect. Um, no, I don't want to write a book about this. But, like, <laughs> I think asking the person, you know, does, does the guy that you're interested in, does he apologize quickly? Like, is he quick to apologize, take responsibility? I think that's a really good one. Um, Ron, relationship advice from you. Do you want us to assign you a category, something more specific? How about communication? You're, you you're doing so well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're doing so well at it tonight. 
Thankfully, I'm not married to you boys, so I can do a little bit better. <laughs> no kidding. With my lady. Yeah, I hope my so. My lady friend. I certainly hope so. With my lady friend of 27 years. There we go. Um, communication, yeah. Um, Strong start. Yeah, why is, it such a, why is it such a difficulty for us? Like, why, why do men seem to struggle? So we have a little bit of a reversal in our relationship, right? Big M is kind of the quiet one. I'm the verbal processor. Shocker, I know. Mm. Um, but I think what we do is we use... We just use every available communication tool at our disposal. So we, when we're not together, we're texting. We're just kind of, we're just, we just kind of know what's going on in each other's mm-hmm. lives. Like, it's, like, it's like a steady stream of communication regardless of, of where we're at and what we're doing. So I think it's just it's like the constancy of communication. Yeah. You know, not, don't have those moments where you, you're wondering. You yeah. know, like open up those channels. And sometimes it leads to you know, some conflict. And that's good, though, because it's better than those things you know, being, you know, emerged and, um, and then, you know, coming out later in a really dysfunctional and unhealthy way, you know? No, that's good. Piper, ask me a, a specific area um, of marriage question. Let's I see. like how you're doing this. You're doing a okay. good job. See what I'm saying? See, see what I said there? See what I did there? Less general. It's great. Yeah, no, okay. I know. Hey, that's good. a good note. Yeah. Y- you've, you've been a parent for 18, 19 years? 19 years. Okay. Crazy. So uh, not, not letting parenting subtract from marriage so you still enjoy your marriage as a parent how do you do that oh snap yeah i think that's good actually and i think like it's something we've made a private sorry that sounded like damning with faint praise <laughs> it's okay again. i, I um, keep surprising you no this, no this no, no. they're still still full of surprises all these many years later <laughs> eight years um, of podcasting and i can still surprise eight you. years it's of wonderful. podcasting marriage you still delight me piper <laughs> 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 that should be our book podcasting marriage the meaning of marriage. <laughs> the meaning of With Ted Ortland and Barnabas oh, just, Piper. Uh, yeah, we'll skip chapter. Dude, nine. Ted Ortland is going to be my nom de plume. I'm going. I'm going public with that. Real right marriage. Yeah. Ted Ortland, Barnabas Piper. Dude, that's <laughs> solid. Like a little watercolor in the background. Oh, dude, yeah, huge. So many watercolors. Dude, a little a pheasant. The whole <laughs> like my band pheasant. Shout out pheasant. I want the whole thing to be like <laughs> written in watercolor. Yeah, exactly. But just a couple words per page. No, like I, I think Love. you ask a really good question. Um, I thought I did too. And something that like, I don't know, kind of worried me as a kid. I was an only child was feeling like my parents sense of happiness and well-being in life was tied to me. And like, as I went, they kind of went, um, and we never wanted to put that kind of pressure on our, on our kids. And I don't think they put it on me so much, but I think for them, for them being able to see us enjoying each other, to be able to see us having Friday and Saturday nights that are great or trips that are great without them or with them, you know, so them being able to see we have a vibrant life that exists kind of outside of them and, and that this is still strong and we still love talking together. We still love laughing together. We still love traveling together. We still love talking about movies and dumb stuff and serious stuff. Um, just for them to see us enjoying each other. Um, I think hopefully has been really good and hopefully, like as they transition into relationships of their own now, Lord willing, we're, we're praying um, that that will happen. And uh, as they do that, hopefully they, they take some of that into it, you know. Um, what do you guys think are some of the biggest mistakes that like, especially kind of young people in our tribe make early in marriage? Uh, trying to be the head of the household. Yeah, talk about that because that's like a real thing that we want to be. So we don't want to downplay that idea, but talk, talk about like how overly trying to be that can be 
uh, well, I, yeah, I think not helpful. You, you mentioned our tribe particularly, so yeah. take the reform world, which is mm -hmm. often <clears throat> aggressively complementarian, which isn't complementarian at all. Mm -hmm. That's just hierarchical. And uh, there's, a, there's an aggressive attempt to, to be the head of the household, which basically just means you're a jerk. Mm. And you're an immature jerk who doesn't know better. And I'm speaking bio autobiographically here. This is not just not just you. by observation. Yeah. Not realizing that to be the head of the household is to serve the most. Mm -hmm. To lay your, your, yeah, to lay lay your, your life, life down. down first. That's right. To be the first to sacrifice, the first to apologize, the mm -hmm. first to say I don't know, the first to acknowledge somebody else's gifts, the first to all of all of the humble things. Yeah. That's that's being a head of a household. Mm -hmm. uh, not being the boss yeah you know that i so i yeah if, if there's a mistake in our camp that i see uh it's that and i and yeah. i young men do that mm -hmm. sadly a lot of old guys do that who've been married for 20 years too and yeah. uh it you know there, there's sort of a sense of like oh this is biblical which is so so backwards yeah no that's really good baby anything come to mind for you mistakes that Young, probably reformed dudes make early. Yeah, I mean, in even outside, even outside the camp, you know. Mm -hmm. I think what I see now, again, just in a church where there's a lot of you know young adults, young mm -hmm. families, um, I see this weird um, sort of tendency to, to like start living separate lives, mm -hmm. and they each get so over busy with like things that exist in their life apart from the other person. Yeah, to the degree. That they're just, they're like passing strangers in the night. Kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Mm -hmm. for sure. And it's something that they'll talk about for years and years as it continues to just compound and develop. Yeah. And then you get to that place where they're in crisis and they, they literally don't know each other. Yeah, you know, because they've it's it's more it's it's more convenient in some ways to live that way to where you're like you're sort you're sort of you're you're building a household but you're not really building a life together. Right. And I I th I don't know why that tend I mean I know why but there's a bunch of reasons why that would be. It mm -hmm. happened, you know, 50 years ago too, right? For different reasons. Sure. But there definitely seems like there's more of an opportunity to let that develop. Yeah. You know, especially with how many things that we like to kind of overpopulate our lives with. Yeah. You know, before you know it it's like I mean, we're this is the brother and sister thing. Yeah, that's we're right. We're roommates. We're roommates who are basically. both really busy. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's tragic. Well, it's, it's almost an overcorrection to the sort of aggressive complementarity, which is sort of like there, it could be. Yeah, yeah. Where, where it's a it's sort of a like, oh, you do you, mm -hmm. but I'm not invested in you. Yeah. We are we are not invested in anything together. The sort of so it, it has the guise of yeah. supporting someone else, and in reality, you're just disconnected. Yeah. Right, you're just you're just kind of letting them do their own thing while while not really being a part of it. Yeah. And it's completely it, it costs me nothing yeah. at all yeah. Yeah. for you to just go do whatever you want. It really goes back to what you said at the end of the day. Right. So that's that idea of like serving one another is also being invested in the other person's joys and the things that they love and getting getting your sense of enjoyment, you know, because of what they love and what they enjoy. Yeah. And that takes work. I, I mean, it, it does. But it also keeps you it also keeps you at that place like you described, Pipe, where. I mean, this is a this is a sacrificial marriage. I man, I care more about your needs than I care about my own needs. Your joy is my joy, and so I'm going after that kind of a yeah. kind of a mentality, kind of a heart, you know. No, that's good. I think mine would be what one mistake I see is sort of assuming or placing a low value on attraction. You know, a lot of people in our tribe will sort of take take the perspective of. Our theological white papers overlap by 80 or 90%, so we're good to go, even if we're not super attracted to each other. I'm pro-attraction. I just think <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to be said for like 
liking your lady and loving your lady. Baby, and pro-attraction should be the name of the next book. Pro-attraction, dude. That's big. That's huge. If Violent Grace doesn't work out, man, I want to roll with pro-attraction. Violent Grace, pro-attraction. I hope someone's writing these down. Yeah. This is uh, this I got is them cool. logged up here. Ky- Kyle's about to go pitch them to other authors. Kyle, actually. consider this a pitch meeting. This is, uh, this is a live radio pro pitch meeting. Attraction. He, he's going to beeline over to Jared and be like, do you want to write pro-attraction? Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's really something to be said for, like, liking each other. And one imagine of the, that. Well, yeah. Baby, I mean, imagine that, actually liking the other person. One of the first things that, that I remember about KK is just how crazy we were about, like, spending time together and talking and being together and just looking at each other. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a pretty decent place to start. And then tragically that ended. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's still, it's still going. 26 years for me, baby. 26 years for me and my lady. That's big. Let's, uh, let's clap it up for the girls. Let's clap it up for the ladies. Who put up with us. They do put up with us. We've got to wrap this up. Yeah, this celebrity radio lifestyle is not for everybody, spouse Well, you know, tough. we don't want to be hypocritical here. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Piper, before we wrap, I want to tell you, I don't want to tell you. I want you to tell me okay. um, about a company with, with whom we are in a long-term relationship. Um, you could call it a promotional marriage. And I think both parties are attracted to each other. Both parties are satisfied. Um, <laughs> <laughs> both parties are like gazing longingly into each other's business eyes. That company is Visual Theology. Tell us about them, Pipe. Oh, Josh is so uncomfortable right now. I'm gazing at Josh's eyes as I say the thing about gazing into <laughs> you eyes. You can't. He's got them covered in shame right <laughs> <Exactly>. now. <laughs> yes, listeners. Our, Josh, lean into it. I'm just our celebrating spon- our your strength. sponsor spouse yeah. is Visual Theology. Um, no, for those in the room, if you go out there and you see all those amazing designs on the posters, the show poster like this one here, uh, the other posters out there, the T-shirts, all of that comes from the creative genius of Visual Theology and Josh Byers, who also does our website and all of our swag. If you go to visualtheology.church, you can see all the resources they have. So they have books, they have curriculum, they have a membership program, they have all sorts of digital stuff. It's great for Bible teachers, pastors, parents who want to you know, raise their kids up. You could use them in family devotions if you're into that sort of thing, um, personal study, whatever it is. Uh, and if you use the code HAPPYRANT at checkout at visualtheology.church, dot church you will get a 20 percent discount so go check them out use them in your church your home etc let's clap it up for josh let's clap it up for the boy amazing they do great work um my sons both have visual theology like gear on their walls and uh it's really great practical stuff to bring the bible to life i i absolutely love it do we talk about tom nelson right now is that a thing that we're doing thomas nelson he's Mm -hmm. he's pretentious that way i call him tom i i consider him like a a florid man in a, in a business suit with, like, thick fingers. He's when I think of Tom <laughs> Nelson, you know, <laughs> buying and selling people. Boy, nothing makes you want to buy a Bible like florid That's right. That's faces who you want to buy thick a, fingers. A Call him T-Will. T-Nelson. Yes. Thomas Nelson Bible is our other sponsor for this. Specifically, they want to introduce you to the New English Translation, the full notes edition of that Bible. So it is a new Bible translation, which there's a new one that comes out every several years. Almost all of them are based off of previous English translation. This one they started from scratch, which means they've probably been working on it for decades. Why do you look at me every time you say translation? Because I just I feel you're like the, you're glaring at me every you're time the you doctor. say the doctor. You're the anti-intellectual I'm doctor. Just, I'm Notice it's you're, an English translation, I'm, boys. I'm, yes, it's new and English. It's for you, Ronnie. Um, this, the full notes uh, edition has over 60,000 translation notes. So especially for people studying Hebrew, studying Greek, looking to do exegesis, it's great because it shows how they arrived 
at the translation they did. Keep your eyes right here, Pipe. You're a preacher. Right here, man. Yes. Guys, it's like I'm not even in the room. (laughs) You're not going to use this in your journalism classes. He might use it in his sermons. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, gosh. Come get these children. (laughs) If you go to netbible.com slash podcast, they have a special offer for you. You can also learn more. Also, we have three editions up here in different covers for people who ask us questions in the next episode. So ask us really good questions, and we will give you a nerd Bible. Yeah, this nerd Bible is going to make you forget about the ESV. It's going to make the ESV obsolete. How dare you? That's a a hot take by me. Do I stand by it? Dare you? I don't know. You know, still, you try to take down who, who pays more? Still working that out. Um, boys, we have done what we always do on this program in that we've wandered to and fro throughout some topics that Ronald didn't seem very enthusiastic about at first, but then kind of warmed up to. As the, Maybe as you the, want, do we want to hear a few tunes from that the melodica? Descri- that describes every episode of this podcast. Ronnie Dude, seems that, disinterested and then warms up a little. I think that melodica is going to, I'm going to need to kind of learn, I'm going to learn it. You know, I'm going to gaze, I'm going to gaze at it for a little while and learn yeah. its contours, you know. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta date it. You gotta date it. For I gotta a date while. it. I gotta kick the tires on it a little bit. I gotta take it to coffee, talk with it for a little while. You know, text a little bit, um, and we'll see talk how we're with doing. It, it like it's an object. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, I'm objectifying it. It's unbelievable. I'm the bad guy. Yeah, you yeah, are the bad yeah. guy. <laughs> Boys, <laughs> we've done what we always do in this program. In this, in that I've been the bad guy. <laughs> And I want to hear you, audience. We've done what we always do. And until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hello, my name's Rachel Carmen, and I want to invite you to come over and listen to my podcast. It's called Real Refreshment. For years and years as a young mother, I chased after the wind, thinking that the world could offer me the refreshment I longed for. But it was only when I discovered it in the person of Jesus Christ that I really found refreshment. Come on over and join me as we dig into Bible study. I'll see you there.